1: Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions apply. At some point far in the future, historians will probably ask, what was daily life like in the early 21st century? Well, one thing we know for sure. Nobody will ever point to these two clowns and say, this was how you should have been stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey everyone, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and holy cow, it's already Friday. Where's the week gone? I mean, after Wednesday's show, I took a power nap, and now we're here. Well, lucky me, because on today's show, we talk about how millennials are saving more money for retirement than in a long time using one technique, five strategies to save a million dollars and more. And to do it, today we welcome our special guest, hip-hop's financial advisor, Rob Wilson. Also, from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. And finally, from LenPenzo.com, we found her... Carmen San (laughs) Diego. I'm just kidding. I don't know where the f she is. So we're just gonna have Led Penzo on instead. And in our Friday fintech segment, how about a car insurance quote in seconds? Today we talked to founder of a car insurance app, Go, Kevin Pumplin. And now, because what else would he be doing on a Friday? Joe's all (laughs) seeha.
0: Guys like Doug who make me sound like a real shooter, doesn't he? Hey, everybody, I am Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a great way to start your Friday because, man, do we have some fun for you. Can't wait to get to it. But first, got to tell you, you shouldn't wait to get to StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. That might be my best transition yet. Because, you know, when you go to magnify money, what you're going to find is that that savings account, that checking account that you use. Not as good as it should be. Magnify Money is a place where over 92% of the products available are being compared, whether it is checking accounts, savings accounts, or 0% credit cards, rollover credit cards, low interest rate credit cards. If you've got a debt issue, number one, you got to clean up the behavior. But number two, let's get the man off your back and get lower interest rates. And the best place to do that is at Magnify Money. And use our link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Money to tell them that we sent you. And... If you've got kids, listen to this. A company called FamZoo has the answer to teaching your kids better money habits. Most kids don't learn money concepts, as you know, in school, and they don't get many hands-on experience opportunities at home. FamZoo's got the answer. It's financial education all wrapped around a prepaid debit card for kids all in one award-winning app. Parents can order the cards in just a few minutes if you go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash famzoo. Kids get their own individual cards to make their own purchases. But here's the deal: they can't overdraft and they can't run up any debt. So it gives you teachable moments. Also, the app makes it easy for even more teachable moments, like setting up a budget and maybe tracking stocks if you give your kids a short-term loan. You can charge interest, you can move money over for an allowance, you can also pay them for things that they do around the house, whatever. FamZoo makes it really easy for you to have teachable moments. FamZoo might sound familiar because uh, Bill Dwight's been on the show a couple times, he's the founder of FamZoo, and he's uh, talked a lot about kids and money with us, because that's his wheelhouse. stackybedjamins.com forward slash FamZoo. Whether your kids are in kindergarten or college, head there. To learn how to teach them how to stack some benjamins all right let's get on with the show i can't wait for you to hear by the way our fintech in the middle of today's show but also being joined by rob wilson is pretty darn cool so let's get this party started huh All right. Let's walk across the basement here and dust off my dad's shortwave and see if we can get the greatest minds in financial writing podcast and videos on the line. And why don't we start in Los Angeles, California, where Len Penzo from the wackily titled LenPenzo.com joins us. Hey,
2: Joe, how are you doing? You know, I have a question for you. Maybe you can answer.
0: it. I got an answer for you. It's probably wrong, Hi. but I'll answer. I
2: saw this ad for a razor blade company here. They're saying that they're really cheap. I won't give the name of the razor blade, but they're, they're saying they're German engineered razor blades, the best in the world. I'm like, how hard is it to engineer a razor blade? Does it really make a difference that if your razor blades made in Germany?
0: Have you seen all the technology that goes into razor blades? Like there's a ton of research and technology. I mean, that's like a big business now, it seems like.
2: Are you serious?
0: I, I am were you, serious. Were you
2: watching How It's Made or something on TV and know how it's? I, it, it doesn't seem that hard to make a razor blade.
0: We're That was the big deal? We're all not like you, Len, where we take like a dull knife out of the steak knife drawer and use that to use that to yes. shave.
2: Yeah,
0: or just the one that's around my ankle that I carry right. with me at all that's times. Right. Yeah, your Swiss Army knife, right? Yeah. And the person who's the Swiss Army knife on this show? How about that, huh? Because she can
3: talk <laughs> about anything from afford anything. It's Paula Pant. You know, Len, I think the question you just posed is the very definition of Occam's razor. The simplest
2: answer is the correct answer.
3: Exactly. So how hard is it to engineer a razor blade? Not very hard. It is quite literally it is Occam's razor. It is the simplest possible thing that you could create. So then why do the Germans have a monopoly on it? I don't believe that they do. I think it's one of just uh, some marketing. Okay. Oh my
0: God. And a guy right now who's joining us who thinks this whole, this whole show must be marketing. It's it's like that, uh, where's the beef commercial, you know? Joining us from Philadelphia, he is hip-hop's financial advisor. The one and only Rob Wilson joins us. Hey guys, so happy to be here. I am so happy you could join us. So tell us about Rob Wilson and about robwilson.tv.
4: So you introduced me as hip-hop's financial advisor and, and my friends started calling me that because... You know, I've got a good group of customers who are young athletes, uh, primarily in the NFL, but I've I've worked with music artists and actors and so forth. And so they kind of they kind of gave that name to me. And as a part of my marketing, I mean, it's not German engineering, okay, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but it is a part of my marketing that I've used, and it's helped me bring in new customers. But I'm just really passionate about helping young people figure out how to create, uh, grow, and and ultimately protect their wealth. So uh, so I'm really glad to be here today
0: i really like your podcast why did you stop the podcast because the modeling money in the media with claudia jordan mm-hmm.
4: yeah. yeah that was an interesting one you know what i do need to get a season two going you know part of with that podcast it became a little bit difficult to to schedule people and right they're canceling on you and so it got a little bit much for me to to, to handle all the moving pieces But I've gotten so much good feedback, and I appreciate you saying that as well. So I am going to launch a season two of the podcast.
0: Yeah, you had some fantastic guests. And we'll link to the site on our show notes, to Stacky Benjamins. We'll talk about it again, Rob, at the end of the show. But right now, everybody's waiting for us to talk about these three topics like we do every week here. So let's kick it off with one that comes to us from money.com. This piece written by Abigail Adams. The simple reason millennials are saving more for retirement. And it's funny pull a pant. It says a whopping 82% of millennials are investing in this one thing that's helping them save more money than ever before for retirement.
3: Yes. And it is auto enrollment. If uh, you have a job and part of your compensation, your compensation package automatically enrolls you into saving for retirement, you are unlikely to make the effort to opt out of it. And so by automatically enrolling millennials into retirement plans, we're finding that uh, millennials are saving for retirement at a higher rate than baby boomers or gen X.
0: Robert, are they just saying that more people are saving because we're lazy and doing
4: nothing. If it includes saving is better for us. That is exactly right. You have to trick people into actually putting money away for their own retirement. I know it sounds <laughs> preposterous, but the fact that they've started auto enrolling people was one of the most genius things about employee retirement plans because people just will not do it otherwise.
0: Len, you're the guy on the show who works for the man. Uh, you guys have auto enrollment where you work? Yeah, all the
2: all the newbie engineers—that's what they get auto enrolled. They if they don't want enrolled, they have to actively notify the company, or they will be enrolled. Wow. So yes, and I, it's just, I think it's a minimum of three percent is what they start you out at.
0: I don't understand that number though, Len. Three percent isn't going to get you anywhere. Why don't they start it at you know a, a decent number like ten?
2: Well, okay. Here is my theory: on this. there is a company match, and maybe. Maybe the company doesn't want, the to our, our company match, for example, we have a pretty nice one. It, it goes up uh, for the first 8%, they'll match 75%. So by going in at 3%, they only end up matching, you know, the company puts in less than they would have to otherwise. But, but you're right, 3% is, is not enough to successfully retire at the end of 65 years of age.
0: I would think, Rob, when you're working with your clients that setting stuff up like auto enrollment so money gets saved automatically, especially for some of these busy
4: athletes that you work with has got to be a big key to saving. It's totally a big key because, again, people get busy in their lives and their money and finances, although we all love it and we're in the weeds every day, uh, most people just don't want to think about it, no matter if they have a little bit of money or they have a lot of money. People just don't want to deal with it. So the more that you can make things automatic so that you don't have to think about it, it's just going to happen every Friday, every week, every month, whatever it is the better off you're going to be in the long term.
0: Do you find often when you work with athletes that they are thinking about saving and they're thinking about the fact that this is going to be a short career? Do you have to kind of sit them down and walk them through that?
4: No, none of them are thinking about saving. Not one because look, they're all young athletes and the thing that makes them great at their sport meaning they have to be a little bit brash. They've got to be, you know, maybe a little bit overconfident. They've got to think, you know, whatever happened to the next guy, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to play for 10 or 15 years. So they all have to have that attitude, but that attitude absolutely kills them in every other area of their life, in their relationships, in their business ventures, and definitely in their personal finances. So uh, there is a lot of education that has to go on with these young guys to get them on the right track. But honestly, even with young lawyers, physicians, consultants, there's almost the same amount of education that has to be done because a lot of people just didn't grow up talking about these things at the dinner table.
0: But that's funny, Paula. And I know you're against the, I mean, you're the money nerd, right, Paula, (laughs) where you, you love talking about this stuff, but how do we do what Rob's talking about? How do we actually make people want to uh, go through these, uh, you know, getting more education?
3: Well, a lot of people tend to become interested in money when there's a triggering event. So that triggering event could be having a baby, getting married, buying a house. It could be something unfortunate or negative that happens in their life. But typically, I think that that's, unfortunately, that is when people start to pay attention to money. The difficult part, I think, is sustaining that.
0: I totally agree. I totally, completely agree that keeping that going is difficult. When you talk to people, Paula, about saving and about automating their money, Besides auto enrollment at work or maybe setting up a workplace plan, what do you think of the other things that are important that should be automated?
3: Oh, automatically pay off all of your bills in full so that you don't accidentally end up having a late payment or having damage to your credit just by virtue of forgetting to pay a bill. I think that's critical, especially in terms of protecting your credit. Automatically save money from every paycheck if you are a W-2 worker or if you get paychecks at regular intervals, set it up such that some portion of your paycheck automatically gets diverted into a savings account. Ideally, one that's not at your main bank so that that money is out of sight, out of mind. Len,
0: did you automatically tell your kids no when they asked for uh, a bigger allowance? (laughs) <laughs> Did you automate that?
2: What what allowance, Joe? <laughs> there, what allowance? You, there
0: you go. There it is. Hey, let
2: me, can I, can I real quick, I just wanted to go back to your one question about what might motivate people to get interested in personal finance or their money, you know, in savings. Let me tell you what got me interested, made me more interested in, in saving long-term. When people see an example of how money, when saved and invested properly over time, you know, how fast you can gain wealth, it really gets your attention. What got my attention once I was in somebody's house and they had on the refrigerator a chart that showed what would happen if you invested starting at age, I forget what it was. I think it was age three or four. Your parents did it for you. From age three to age, I believe it was 16 or 17, $1,000 a year. Yeah. And then you never invested another penny for the rest of your life. And you earned, I can't remember what the percentage return was, but I I think it was like 7%, 8%. It showed how fast you got to a million dollars without investing another dime the rest of your life. And the people were at a million dollars. I forget. It was well before 65 years of age. And it just got me. I was like, that is incredible. And that's what got me going. I was like, hey, this is really cool. We had, and I think if more people saw those kind of yeah. examples, they would really take notice.
0: We had uh, Gene Natale on recently, and he's in Pittsburgh and works with uh, kids in high school and in colleges. And he said the same thing, Len. He said that People think cracking the whip and giving them fear that you won't get someplace. He said, no, you show them that table of compounding interest and the fact that they're sitting in the perfect spot right now to get that and to be wealthy. And then you show them the Roth IRA. He said that was the, that was like the one-two punch. Every kid starts asking the right question then. How do I get a job so I can sock some money away now? Yep. I
2: wish I had seen that chart when I was eight or nine because I swear I would have started working right then, yeah. but I didn't. Does compounding- which,
4: which begs the question as to... Why isn't this required reading right. and information in right. schools? Right. I cannot yeah. for the life exactly. of me, understand why yeah. we don't teach kids this. and so forth. If,
2: if the teachers would just show that kind of example to every kid really early on, you would see a lot more <laughs> kids interested because they don't think it doesn't seem so impossible when you see it in
0: those terms. Yeah. Great, so. great point, guys. Let's move on to our second piece, which uh, comes to us from uh, Kiplinger. Five strategies to save a million dollars. This is by Sandra Block. And I think the first thing, Rob, as a financial advisor, you look at this, a million dollars ain't what it used to be. This isn't like saving, you know, when I was a kid, saving a
4: million was a lot, but that might not do it. It won't. And as a matter of fact, I tend to tell people that I think that the minimum that they should be shooting for is two and a half million. And the reason why I say that is, yeah, I'm sure you guys have heard the statistics, the 4% rule. You can take out about 4% of your portfolio and have a good chance of not outliving your money in retirement. Well, 4% of $2.5 100000 you should be able to live a pretty nice life at that point. Kids are out of the house, mortgage paid for, so on and so forth. I think the thing is that number scares people because they can't seem to wrap their head around how am I going to get to $2.5 you But know, to Len's point, if you really break it down into what they would need to do on a monthly basis, and if you have enough time, It's not that difficult. So I do think that people should shoot for a slightly higher number because healthcare costs are going to be higher when you retire. And look, I have no idea what Social Security is going to be like in 30 years. And also with all of these underfunded pension plans in all of these states, you're not you can't actually be sure if you're going to get that money that you're counting on. So I think you got to take things into your own hands and shoot for a slightly higher number.
0: Let's talk about these. I love that we start off this piece with a million dollars is nice, but you can't live on it. <laughs> it just is making, <laughs> making people groan. The first thing your Paula says live like a million bucks is number one. What does that mean?
3: Under that headline, they're referring to a lifestyle creep. So essentially what they're talking about is lifestyle inflation. They make the point that the biggest threat to your retirement is not a market downturn. It's not some type of black swan event. It's not the things that people fear. The biggest threat is your standard of living increasing to the point where you're just not contributing enough. You see that at work all
0: the time, don't you, Len? Uh, somebody gets a job working for your company, you know, young woman or man, you know, then they go buy the nice car. They they start uh, buying, maybe they buy a house and they make sure that they spend every dime of that new bigger paycheck.
2: Yeah it's uh you know what especially if you've lived without for a long time and 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 all of a sudden you're getting this nice paycheck it you know you have to have discipline you have to have you hopefully you've built some of that self restraint before you got the job you know but that's a learned trait for many people, and if you don't have it, uh, yeah, you can blow a lot of that, a lot of that money, and and it goes to the compounding. The, the, that's lost opportunity when you're blowing some of that money instead of putting it in and giving it a chance to compound over time. It can cost you big in the end.
0: Rob, I should have gone to you because you're you're looking at some of these people that get these huge contracts, right? And they see those dollars and they think, eh, what's a really nice sports car or five of them.
4: Yeah. Really what it comes down to is I have to start asking these guys, you know, why do you want to buy this car, this jewelry or this house? You know, what is it that you're actually trying to prove? Because there's a lot of things that underlie the reasons why we make the financial decisions that we do. So a lot of times it's not, oh, it's a nice car. It's shiny. It's fast. It's, it's, Hey, I want to buy this car because my elementary school teacher told me I was never going to be anything. And this is a way that I can show her she was wrong. And that's just not the way to go about it. Number one, Your elementary school teacher might not even be around anymore. Number two, she probably doesn't even really care uh, what kind of car you're driving. And so I think we've got to start to ask ourselves, what's the emotional reason behind it? And you can start to realize that the material things don't mean much at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and they say the key here is one we talked about with our last piece, which is to automate your savings. Make sure that money gets uh, put away and that'll help you get rid of uh, creep. Second one, Paula, here is to invest in yourself. I really like that one.
3: Yes, so they talk about the potential uh, that you have as an entrepreneur or as a business owner in terms of getting to the million dollar mark. And I like the fact that they're talking about this because so many articles that talk about growing wealth strictly focus on investing, particularly stock investing, 401k investing it's rare that people talk about entrepreneurship. And in this one, I think the story goes on, I think a little bit too long where they, they really dive into a case study of one particular person. But the TLDR takeaway is if you start a business or if you purchase a business and then build it into something bigger than what it was at the time that you got it, you could earn a million dollars or more by virtue of doing that. Essentially what they're saying is that your income potential as a business owner is higher than your income potential as an employee.
0: What about the third piece on here, Rob, uh, Channel Warren Buffett? Do you think that we necessarily need to think that we're all the Oracle of Omaha? No,
4: I don't think that we need to put that much pressure on ourselves to think that we can replicate the type of returns that he's gained you know, over the years. But I do think that it's a good point and that you want to buy and invest in. Very reputable, large cap companies that you know aren't going anywhere. And one of the things that I really suggest that people do is start investing in what you know. Don't be in a barbershop and hear people talking about solar and all of a sudden you want to invest in solar and you have no idea. You don't know anything about solar. Uh, But if you take your bank statement, for example, and look at the last two or three months, write down the, the top 20 places that you spend money. And of that, I guarantee you there will be at least 10 publicly traded companies there. Use that list of 10 companies as your starting point for companies that you might want to invest in, because at least you know their product, you know if they're doing well or if they're slacking. And, and that way you can be a much better steward of your money than if you just start throwing it at something that you have no idea what they do.
0: And I like that that's your starting point. I mean, don't invest in those, but that's your starting list to start looking into further information.
4: Exactly. Just because you spend money there doesn't mean right. uh, that it's a good company. Right. Good stuff. So does that mean
2: the gentleman's club that I, I go to, that you oh, think uh, that'd be a good, uh, that'd be something good to look
4: into? You know what? We'd have to look at the financial statements. <laughs> okay. You
2: know,
4: let's let's really dig in there. And I mean, see I'll see just the, take that one off the list. Rob. Okay, All I'll
2: right. take that one off the list.
5: I
4: love I, mean, I was going to volunteer to come in and, and, and do a site visit. With <laughs> oh, oh,
2: hey, OK. Hey, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Rob, you don't know that uh, Len calls In-N-Out Burger the Gentleman's Club. That's what he's really talking about. I've been duped. I've been right. totally duped. Him. Right, right. Leonard In-N-Out and thought it was something totally different. But the, <laughs> but then he realized the burgers were good, so he kept coming back. That's horrible. I can't believe I said that. Well, there's a silver lining. There <laughs> there, there was. He's like, oh, I get some great fries and a nice burger. Okay. Not what I thought, but who cares? Uh, Len, let's stick with you. Digging into real estate.
2: Yeah. Like I'm the real estate expert as I'm looking over at Paula. But yes. uh, Yeah. Hey, that is a great uh, really. You can't really go wrong in the long term with real estate. Yes, it goes up. It'll go down. But I mean, you can generate some have some income generating properties. It really doesn't matter if the market's going up or down usually. So you should you should still be able to turn profits on that. I don't have any rental income, but uh, I do have friends at work who have uh, got into the uh, real estate market, and uh, they really appreciate having that extra income.
0: Paula, people get worried, though, about that big perceived uh, down payment that they have, the illiquidity at real estate. How do you talk those people off the ledge and say, listen, the water's warm, jump in?
3: (laughs) Well, in terms of the illiquidity, again, if you are buying for cash flow and not appreciation, then the property that you own will not be draining any cash from your pocket. And in fact, ought to be putting cash in your pocket every month. So the underlying value, I mean, you don't have liquidity in a property, or at least you don't have the ability to, you get quote unquote stuck holding a property if there's a market downturn and the value of the house drops. But if you're buying for the sake of getting a dividend for that property rather than just playing purely an appreciation game, then that wouldn't matter as much. It's definitely true. Houses are not as liquid as cash. Absolutely. Uh, And they're not as liquid as stocks even. But in exchange for that, you get a pretty awesome return. So uh, as far as the down payment goes, number one, conventional financing is not the only option. And number two, if there's something that you really want to do, you find a way to do it.
0: Hey there, money nerds. We're gonna take just a second from our awesome conversation with Rob Wilson, Len Penzo and Paula Pant to tell you about an opportunity going on here. And that is, I know you come to Stacking Benjamins not wanting to learn anything, but guess what? If you say, if I can have fun on this show, but then learn stuff later from those same crazy people, we're gonna give you the opportunity. If you head to com you're gonna find we have two courses there. Number one, learning how to save half of your income. My friend and business partner, Kathleen Selman, saved half of her income. I've had clients that have saved half of their income. How do they do it? You know what's cool? It's not as tough as you think. So if you head to com and scroll down to our courses, you'll see learn how to save half your income. And for those of you interested on in learning about taxes, Learn how to legally cheat on your taxes. That's our course where I teach you how the tax code works in very simple, easy to understand language. And you know what? People that have taken the course have written us some absolutely cool stuff. Not only do they save very quickly the money that they spent on the course, and actually that's true with both of our courses, they also found opportunities in the tax code so that this year they can plan. You might be thinking to yourself, you know what Joe, April 15th is gone. You don't tax plan on April 15th. You tax plan now so that on April 15th, it's easy for you to beat the tax person. So whether you're trying to learn how to save more money or you're trying to learn how to better use the tax code and tax shelters, head to stackingbenjamins.com for those opportunities. All right. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about why I wanted to have Kevin Publin on the show, and that's because I'd never heard of something like this and when i heard about how easy car insurance can be from kevin i thought to myself why hasn't anybody done this before so clearly this is a company go that uh we should have talked to before now but i had never heard of it so let's talk about that kevin pumplin coming down to the basement And Kevin Pumplin from Go joins us. Welcome man.
5: Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Well love love this idea. So tell me before we get into the app itself where did the idea for this come from Kevin were you just were you frustrated with like an insurance agent and said there's got to be a better way? I mean what happened?
5: Yeah, we were thinking about really right before the iPhone 6 came out. So in, in fall 2014, we were looking at our iPhones and thinking how much we did with them. So, you know, obviously your phone became a camera and you took photos and then your phone became something you were able to deposit checks with. You know, pretty soon you could get a car by the push of a button. So we thought that insurance should be a lot simpler. So we were pretty excited about what you could do with your iPhone when you use different insurance. So when, for example, when you can take the camera and take a photo and all of a sudden get insured, that seemed like a pretty exciting idea to us.
0: Let's dig in then, man. So when you develop this, how does it work? I just take it. What do I take a picture of?
5: Yeah. So go is a free iPhone app. It lets you get insured in the time it takes to post an Instagram story. So it's, it's incredibly easy. So what you do is you take out your phone, you take a photo of your license, and then from there, Go actually fills out 45 questions for you, which if you wrote it down on paper, it'd be about five pages. And then within 30 seconds, shows you a quote, and then you just tap with your thumb and you can buy with Apple Pay, and that's it.
0: Wow, that, that simple.
5: Yeah, it, it really is that simple.
0: Does it seem kind of weird to you that no, nobody created this before? Because when I heard about Go, I thought, how come this has never happened?
5: It was one of those things where everyone said, doesn't this already exist? Because it, it sounded so simple and straightforward. And I think, uh, you know, while everybody had gotten used to taking photos with their phone and depositing checks with their phone and, and getting cars with their phone, no one had really thought about insurance yet. So, yeah, it, it was something that once people see it, they say, you know, of course.
0: What do I get then? So so I take the picture. I'm assuming then Go shows me a quote.
5: Yes. You take a picture, and then Go shows you the quote, and actually it'll let you go through. This is actually the first time it's ever happened in insurance history, but Go will actually let you change your coverages and then watch the rate change on the fly. So if you say, you know what, I'd really like to to add maximum coverage because I thought about this, um, you'll watch the price change right away. So you just take a photo, get a quote, and then if you want to pay, you can pay with Apple Pay, and if you have questions, you can chat with agents who will respond to you and, stuff, and that's really
0: it is the insurance through you who's the who's the coverage through Kevin
5: yeah so go offers insurance through go itself and then it also offers insurance through uh, most of uh, the major carrier partners so it's really up to the customer what they want to buy
0: okay so you're gonna you're gonna show me then a range of different quotes or do I just see the best one
5: we show you the best one because we talked a lot to our customers 90 percent of our customers were choosing the first quote we show and so we always prioritize it by price and then if you want to or you can call hey i'd like to know everything that's out there but a lot of people they didn't want to go through the having to look through 12 different quotes and 12 different brands and so because go works with the brands that you see in baseball stadiums and everyone knows and loves um everyone you know, usually pretty happy with what they get
0: gotcha cool but like you said if i want to talk to an agent or i want to see more you're happy to do that
5: Yeah, and one thing we do too, which was also a a first that Go did, uh, is we actually show you if the rate is – Better than your current quote, and if it's not, so some people, you know, obviously they've already got a great deal, and Go can't get them a better deal, and Go will show you that. So our our goal is to make it really easy to use as a tool to either save money or show you've already got the best deal. So Go actually tell you, hey, you've already got the best deal, and that that makes a lot of people happy too because they feel like you know they kind of know what's out there.
0: It's such amazing technology. Do you ever have people question though? You're taking a picture with your phone of your license, and then all of this information pulls up. You have many questions about security.
5: So security and privacy are hugely important to us. 100% of what you do in Go is controlled by you. So only if you choose to give Go the permission to use your camera, for example, to take a photo. So because everything's controlled by you, um, all of our customers and anyone using Go has always been pretty comfortable.
0: Got it. And then I'm imagining, I guess the way you guys make money is obviously as the insurer, as the agent.
5: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when the customer saves money, we make money. And you know, if the customer can't save money and doesn't buy, go doesn't make any money. And so we also never share information, which I think, you know, if people have been through the process of shopping through insurance and all of a sudden they get stuff in the mail and things they weren't really expecting. That never happens with Go. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that customers really like it.
0: Everything you've told me so far, Kevin, has been just incredibly innovative. I'm sure you're still pushing the envelope. You guys have more things that uh, you're going to be debuting soon. Anything you can talk about?
5: We do. Um, We're getting really excited for iOS 11. So we think iOS 11 is very exciting, and there's uh, some pretty incredible things it does. Like for the first time, your iPhone's actually going to have something called, which special form of iMessage for businesses and really designed to to be for a customer interacting with business. So we think that's going to be really exciting. Another thing coming up is Apple's also releasing something called Core, which sounds a little technical, but it'll let you do some really cool stuff with photos that we're, we're excited about. We can't share the exact details on that yet, but we think that's pretty exciting. And then also the Apple Pay. You know, Apple Pay has been a, a big part of Go. Um, Go actually sold the world's first insurance policy on Apple Pay that we're all excited about.
0: Now, a lot of people listening to the show using Android. There's any chance that you're going to expand that way?
5: Right now, Go is iPhone only, so we've, been, uh, we've really been able to focus on, on the product and a really great experience just on iPhone. So for now, we, we think that's you know, where we're going to keep focusing.
0: And I'll have a link to the app at uh, stackingbenjamins.com. Kevin, thanks a ton for hanging out with us.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Big thanks to Kevin for coming down. Isn't that awesome? just in a few seconds it it just seems like something all the big companies could do and yet room for more fintech and that's why we love having this segment all right let's get back to this fantastic discussion with rob wilson from rob wilson.tv paula pant and len penzo Our third piece, often for people that are new to the show, we go to this column at marketwatch.com called The Moneyologist. We actually take a question that was asked to the moneyologist, uh, Greg, who isn't here today. Greg McFarland from Control Your Cash says, these are all fake. And, and part of me <laughs> thinks, maybe so. But we don't really care because they bring up such wild and crazy questions that I like taking these questions and not worry about what the moneyologist has to say. If you want to know that, we'll link to our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com and you can figure that out. But I want to know what the three of you think. And if you're playing along at the home game, what you may think. So here it is. Here's a question. Dear buddyologist, my brother is a mild form of autism, which means I'm his financial manager. I don't, by the way, I don't, I don't know why my brother having a mild form of autism means I'm his financial manager. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) But anyway, we'll let that one go. He trusts me implicitly and relies on me to manage his expenses and savings. As a matter of principle, I do not hold his passwords. And anytime we transact from his account, I go over to his house and walk him through exactly what we're doing. My brother's well-loved and provided for by our family, but we're concerned he's a lamb among wolves and susceptible to scams and financial predators. For example, a total stranger once convinced him to pay her $200 water bill. His assets are not substantial, but he's a saver and has very few expenses. We've considered getting guardianship, but we're afraid that if he's ever subject to a lawsuit, we could be on the hook. His autism makes him uncoordinated and unaware. It's not that we would want him to take the fall just that we would want to limit the damage to our family what is your advice for protecting him in addition how do i create oversight for managing his money the reality is it would be easy for me or any family member to convince him to give them money or steal it i don't foresee that happening but my dad always says that bad systems make good people go bad we have a third sibling who we both trust wow how about that question paula we're gonna go ladies first here what do you think
3: Ooh, that, that is a tough question. It is my favorite of all the moneyologist questions that we have covered on the stacking Benjamins round table. Why is that? There have what? been dozens. We um, have, this one's my favorite. Why? Why? Because this is actually, <laughs> because this is actually a really good legitimate question. This is a tough situation, and I don't know what the answer is. So many of the other questions that we've grappled with are like, dear moneyologist, should I have sent a wedding gift to somebody who invited me to their wedding or not? Right. Or, you, you know, and that, you know what? That doesn't actually matter. This does. This matters. And so, I mean, all right, getting guardianship, but we're afraid that if he's subject to a lawsuit, we could be on the hook. That's a question for an attorney. I am not a lawyer. I don't know what the legal implications of guardianship are. Uh, I don't know what kind of liability you would be su- subject to if you had guardianship. Oversight for managing his money. I, I mean, yeah, same. I think I would first go to people who specialize in working with people in disabilities because I think that they might have a better answer than, than people who specialize in, in finance. This just isn't our forte.
0: Rob, I'm going to go to you last because you're a guy that might have dealt with this before. I want to get I want to get Len's opinion first, here. Len, what do you think? Uh, yeah, this is hard.
2: I, you know what, the thing that really confuses me is they want guardian. They, they've considered guardianship, but they're afraid they're going to get you know some lawsuit would put them on the hook. I think that's kind of a a worry that I wouldn't be too worried about. I mean, what kind of lawsuit are they afraid of, and why do they think that they would be on the hook if they're just, man- just managing his money? Maybe a court. You know, if they got, uh, you know, I'm not a lawyer either, but you know, if they took control of his finances, I don't see what the issue is there. I think the, the I think the solution is if they're really worried about that about him, then ask the court for control of his finances and and just run with it. I, I think the fear of being sued by somebody for something is is unfounded.
4: All right, Rob, maybe you've dealt with this before. I haven't dealt with this specific situation. But of course, um, you know, when you're working with people individually, and you're dealing with this type of money. You know, that sort of thing can maybe come up at some point. But the piece was a little bit weird. It sounded like she was afraid that She was going to succumb to temptation or something and and do something bad with with the money. So I didn't really understand that if she's in control of it, I wouldn't let anybody else mess with it. None of the other family or or anybody else. And I would keep meticulous records because, look, I've got to do the same thing. You know, I never wanted to be in a situation where any athlete or anybody else for that matter, but particularly these, these athletes come and say, oh, oh, I didn't know. That this was going on, or I didn't know that I was spending this much money, or so on and so forth. So you have to keep uh, meticulous records, keep all of the statements, and and if you're going to do the right thing, you'll be fine. But uh, it sounds like she was worried that she might, you know, fall into taking advantage of the situation.
0: Yeah, I like this idea of. I really like this idea of uh, that Dad said that uh, what uh, bad systems make good people go bad, Paula. I really like that. I, I mean that. That was one of my
3: favorite quotes from this.
0: Yeah, focusing on the system, I think, is always the answer. Yes, absolutely. So let's look at this a little differently, Paula, while I'm talking to you, which is, you know, we all have friends that might not have autism, but you know, people talk them into stupid crap, right? Like I'm thinking of one person in particular that I know that is just a train wreck with their money. And let's say that we're not even related to them, but where we worry about them and their money, What, what type of thing can we do to help a friend who just is is just somebody who's going to get played.
3: I mean, in terms of helping a friend who is capable of making their own decisions and who you know who does not have any type of disability that they're working with, I mean, for that person, you could give them advice. You could give them, share your wisdom with them. You could send them books. I mean, that I think is a lot easier to solve.
0: Yeah. Len, how about you? If you've got a friend that you know is probably going to get played, get taken.
2: Well, (laughs) I don't know. I kind of stay out of other people. You know, I don't. If if I think somebody's, you know, if it's a friend, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Really, it's not my business to mess. You know, that's that's just how
0: I feel. Yeah, Rob, we'll give you the last word on this one. How about that situation?
4: You know, it is difficult because people have trouble talking about money, and a lot of times they don't even bring up the situation until it's already, you know, gone pretty bad. But I don't think it should be a taboo topic. I think if we learned how to speak more freely about money, then people would readily ask you questions before they get into a tough situation. But I'm all about the tough love. If they did something stupid, tell them they were stupid so that they don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a
0: great place to leave it. We're going to leave it on you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be so harsh about the first time on the show. <laughs> no, that's great. That's where we leave everything. You're stupid. Yeah, we should leave every episode that way. All right, let's, uh, let's find out what's going on where you all live. Paula, tell us about that crazy and amazing Afford Anything podcast. What's happening?
3: At the Afford Anything podcast, we have an awesome lineup of interviews coming up. So we have the author of a book about introverts who will come on the show to talk to us about how introverts can succeed at entrepreneurship and investing and and life, so that's one of the many interviews that's coming up. We also have JD Roth on the show to discuss some questions that he has posed, more thoughtful questions about what decisions that you want to make with regard to money and you know big picture items. And uh, yeah, and we've got uh, Scott, uh, the founder of Charity Water, who will be coming on the show. Oh, wow. uh, that'll be a little bit further down the road. Um, That's going to be probably airing in October, but that is one of the bigger interviews that I've got on the docket. So I'm very excited about that.
0: I thought you were going to say, we're going to talk to somebody about introverts, but we're not sure we can draw them out and get them. (laughs) But this is horrible. (laughs) Len Penzo, what's happening at LenPenzo.com. Hey, right now the debate is
2: raging. The 15 versus 30 year mortgage debate. Uh, 80 80 people have chimed in so far on which one's better stop on by
0: com and give your two cents those are fighting words 15 versus yeah. 30. yep that's when you find out that the person you thought was your bff no longer is <laughs> right <laughs> and it's and, and you know what it's emotional people get emotional over this yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy I love money nerds we are just an awesome group of people 15 versus 30 it's a throwdown right <laughs> rob Wilson thanks for joining us again man I really I love having you here
4: I really appreciate it. You know what I've got going on at RobWilsonTV. Uh, I'm getting more aggressive on YouTube, actually. So I'm posting every Monday with a Money Monday segment, and the next one I'm posting is "Are You Too Ambitious or Not Enough?" So I think this wow. is a big conversation that we need to have. So folks can uh, find me at YouTube.com/slash rob wilson tv
0: awesome and if you're driving down the road or you're uh on the morning jog or whatever it might be you know what uh head to our show notes at stackybenjamins.com and we'll have links to uh not just rob's but also paula and len's work hey guys thanks for playing
4: thank you thank you thanks so much thank you so much
0: That's going to do it, everybody, for this week. We'll put a bow tie on this thing in just a second. But you know what? We've got some cool stuff happening in the basement that I want to tell you about in a second. And an update on our big, crazy game that we play here on Fridays because OG's not here in the basement with me. So we're going to cover that in a second. But just got to say a big thanks to everybody who's headed to stackybedjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Whether it's comparing your credit cards, your auto loans, maybe student loans, getting those things refinanced. How about that checking account and savings account? You can do those too. So if you don't have, as an example, a 2% rewards card, Nick at magnify money says you're definitely leaving money on the table don't do a rewards card by the way if you don't pay off your cards every month in that case if you're running up an interest rate go to magnify money to find cards that have a lower interest rate and also for the blog and also for some cool guides that will teach you how to get your debt strategy in order and also then to get saving started so whether you're a shrewd person that for a long time you paid your debt in full. And you're just looking for the best in class, no matter what it comes to, or somebody just starting to try to get your financial house in order, Magnify Money's for you. Tell them we sent you by heading to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. We're also this week brought to you by Fam Zoo. Wouldn't it be cool to teach kids the good money habits they need to stack Benjamins from the very beginning instead of learning the hard way like I did? The problem is, most kids don't learn money concepts in school or get much hands-on experience with money at home. Well, FamZoo has the answer. It's financial education all wrapped around an awesome experience online and prepaid cards. Here's how it works. Let's say that you want to give your kids an allowance. You can do that specifically through FamZoo. Your kids have FamZoo cards that are attached to your main account. You move the money over and then you can watch their activity so you can have teachable moments later. Maybe you can have a family meeting like we do every week to talk about how they spent their money that week. And you know what's cool about that? Your kids get that money lesson that they never had. Or let's say that you decide to have a stock competition. You can track the price of a stock and say, yeah, I'm going to give you the interest on that stock. You can do that. You can pay out interest, you can charge interest, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. That helps kids learn everything from basic to complex money habits. So whether your children are in kindergarten or in college, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash zoo for more information and to sign up. All right. Let's talk about what's going on in the basement. A fantastic week here. Uh capped off. Was it I, I love it when Len Penzo comes down to the basement. Not just for the roundtable, but when we have a sandwich survey. If you missed the sandwich survey on Wednesday because it seemed lightweight, it's great to hear about things like inflation through something that seems so easy. You know, talking about fam Zoo and about teachable moments, it's people just don't get inflation. And then you hear how the price of something like a sandwich goes up every year, you start to go, oh, yeah, maybe I do have to save a little more money than I thought because, if I save just enough money and leave it in a savings account, as an example, I'm going to lose cash. I'll be able to buy less sandwich. That was awesome. And, of course, the Potpourri episode on Monday with all of your fantastic letters. Uh, the Haven Lifeline on both shows. Just a, just a great week. Next week on the show, though, more fun. We have, on Monday, Al Zenick. He is an Amazon best-selling author. He wrote a great book called Master Your Cash Flow, The Key to Growth and Retain Wealth. He's going to talk all about the importance of great cash flow. It's funny when you talk to people that like to pick individual stocks, and we do that sometimes on another show that I contribute to called the Money Tree Investing Podcast. By the way, that show just turned three years old. Happy birthday, Money Tree. But the idea of cash flow when it comes to personal finance sometimes gets buried behind having a good budget, building your net worth, investing in different things. It very simply comes down to cash flow, and Al Zenick's going to teach us a lot there on Monday. And then on Wednesday, a lot more fun. We've talked before, and these have always been big episodes, when we have a financial planner on talking about the process. And if you're interested in whether you're going to do it yourself and set up your own financial plan, or if you're thinking about working with a financial professional, you know, OG's on the show all the time, but we never get to really talk about the process. So, we did this about what a year ago with Dan Posdall, uh, from Ameriprise, a friend of mine back when I worked with Ameriprise in Michigan. We talked with him, and I know that was a very much downloaded episode. We're going to do that with Jason Mirabella. He's a certified financial planner in Indianapolis. His website is henfruit.com. And Jason will walk us through what he and I believe is a fantastic financial planning process. And, uh, going to give you some pointers there. So that's Monday and Wednesday. And then on Friday, in the middle of our show, the FinTech segment, we're going to talk about rent reporters. And so Mark DeBell from Rent Reporters strongly believes that the whole way that people get credit is uh, frustrating. And if you're somebody who rents and your credit's not what it should be, we're going to help you out on Friday. You want to listen to that. And you know what? Even if that's not you... We're going to have a fun show for you because we've we got a phenomenal roundtable on tap next week. Uh, I just picked out what we're going to talk about. And uh, the kid gloves are off, peeps. Kid gloves are off. Next Friday is going to be great. So we've got a fantastic week. Let's finish off this episode by talking about the fact that we play a game here on Fridays. OG's not here. I'm entertaining myself and entertaining you too. So guess what? We play a game. And this particular game is an easy one I'm looking for movie titles that describes my mom's neighbor Doug's life. And it's uh, very easy to do. We got some great ones in this week. Our friend Aaron wrote me a few days ago, and she had a couple. Idiocracy and The Jerk. <laughs> you can tell what Aaron thinks about Doug right there. And then David uh, gave us six of them. Uh, touch of Evil. I, I think that might be true. Don't tell Doug that, by the way, David, because he don't think he's evil at all. He thinks he's, uh, yeah, uh, fat, sick, and nearly dead. I don't know that movie, but that sounds uh, sounds like a documentary. Uh, Hole's finish first. The gods must be crazy. Dumb and Dumber. It's cool because Dumb and Dumber in the real movie describes two people. But with Doug, it describes one. And then American Psycho. Man, uh, American Psycho. I, I don't think Doug's that bad. But uh, those are some great ones, David. So I'm loving the submissions. Send those to us. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to take, OG and I are going to take our top five or six, and all those people are going to get t-shirts. And then we're going to make it so that you are able to decide which one. We're going to put a poll up on the Stacking Benjamins website, and uh, you'll vote on which one's the winner. We're going to do that right after our break that comes up in just a few weeks. All right. That's it for today. That's it for this week. Have a fantastic weekend. Go stack some Benjamins. We'll see you Monday. Bye-bye.
1: Special thanks to Rob Wilson for joining us today. Find him at robwilson.tv or check out the link to his site on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Special thanks to Kevin Pumplin from the Go app. To find out more, you'll find them in the iTunes app store or at savewithgo.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of the cryptically named Lenpenzo.com. Paula Pant appears courtesy of AffordAnything.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihi, produced by Richie Rutter Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Kathleen Selmans handles design, newsletter, and classroom opportunities. If you'd like to learn more, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash classes. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. And special no thanks to Officer Simpson at the Texarkana Police Department for the ticket today. When he questioned why I was driving without my glasses, I said, I have contacts to which he responded, Doug, I don't care who you know, you're still getting a ticket.
4: doing here? The show is over. Go home.
0: Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be